You are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Broad River Church. Let's get ready to listen to God's Word. Good morning, everybody. So good, good, good to see you. Thanks for being here this morning. In fact, why don't you turn to a couple people in your area and tell them it's cold outside, but it's hot in here. Come on, tell them. Come on, let them know. It's, that's a good one. That's a song, isn't it? It's getting hot in here. That was written for church, all right? We got that, all right. Welcome, everybody. My name is Kevin, along with my wife, Jacinta. We're lead pastors here. We're so glad that you have gathered in. Um, God has already done good things. He's got more good things to say and do. I wanna welcome a guest that I see in the room with us today. We have guests that are joining us online, as well as our digital congregation that joins us every single week online. Broad River Church, help me just make everybody here today feel very welcome. Let them know how happy we are that they are here. Thanks for being our guest and for all of you today, but especially our guests, I'd like to point out this card. It's called a Connect Card. It's there to do exactly what it says, which is to help us stay connected to you. Listen, if you're a guest today, this was inside the bag that you received as you were coming in. And um, the, uh, it was in the bag that you were getting as you came in today. If you would just take the time during the service today just to fill out this card with as much information as you feel comfortable sharing, even if you don't fill out any part of the card, other part of the card, we'd love you to fill out this section that says next steps. This is a very important part of who our church is, is these next steps. And then also the prayer request portion of the card. We would love to know how we can join with you in prayer on the things that are going on in your life. Um, complete that card during the service. There's a box by the back door that you can drop that in as you're leaving today, and we'd love to be able to connect with you um, that way. Speaking of the box by the back door, that's also where we receive our tithes and offerings. I want to thank you for your faithfulness and giving. Our church has been able to do so much this year, including launch a second location. Um, our church continues to grow at this location. I'm going to be talking to you in just about 30 seconds about more things that we're doing. All of that is possible because of your faithfulness and giving. Our church moves forward at the speed of your giving. So thank you for prayerfully considering, especially if you're a regular part of this church of how you would be in support financially of what God is doing here. As you're leaving, you can drop your envelopes in this box by the back door. You can also give by text message. You can also give online. Whichever way it is, um, thank you for uh, partnering with us in that way. Uh, I mentioned that one of the things that happens with the giving here, and, and we kind of push it and, and boost it a little bit. One time of year on December 4th, we have what we call our legacy offering. It's the only special offering that we receive every year. Broad River Church legacy offering uh, it has been happening for many years now in some form. And 100% of what is received in this offering goes to our missions partners um, around the world and even here locally. The bottom line is everything goes outside of these walls to be a blessing somewhere else, including right now in Iraq for the first time this year 
year um, and excited to share with you more about that as we get closer to the legacy offering um, in, in, um, in Israel and in India, continuing in India, um, in Honduras, we're able to continue to move forward, including helping organizations that are in our area that are serving people in need here. So um, just, I want to put it on your radar so that you'll be praying and asking God how he would have you participate in this offering. As we get closer, we'll send you more information so that you know exactly what it is. And let me just mention one more thing, which is I said 100% of this offering goes to our missions partners. The truth is it's actually much more than, than 100% because our church believes in tithing out of what God brings in here. So at least 10%, which is gonna be more than comes in in our legacy offering, is going outside of these walls. And so being prayer about how we you can partner with that we want it to continue to grow last year's response was great we want to continue moving forward with that um, I want to mention one more thing, which is I, I mentioned last week that I want you to be inviting people to church. And let me just, just say that this is an awesome season to be inviting people to church. People are very receptive in this kind of season to church invitations. And something that came to my mind this week, because I've seen it so many times, is there are people in your life that are way more eager to receive an invitation to church than you actually think they are. Some of you are actually thinking, I don't know if they'd be into it. And by the way, some of them might not. You might hear some no's when you invite. It's okay if somebody tells you no, right? You, you can get over it if somebody tells you no. Y'all know that, right? It's okay. This is, you just move on. But if you will invite people, there will be people that will respond. And so I want to just encourage you. This is a season for that right now. Today is week number three of a series called I Love My Church. Uh, it's, for some of it, it just sounds kind of uh, funny to say it out loud, but it shouldn't feel funny. We want to be as comfortable talking about how much we love our church as we are comfortable talking about all the other things that we love. Some of you would say, I love the New York Giants. I know that you would, right? You're, you're into it. Another big game, right? Uh, you'll say whatever football team you are supporting today are starting today in the World Cup. World Cup starts today. Anybody excited about the World Cup? Right, we got to be. In fact, somebody dropped this jersey off by my house yesterday, just to I get. I think make sure that I knew which team I was supposed to be rooting for. I said I already knew which team I was rooting for. I didn't need any help with that. But so tomorrow we got a match. Tomorrow we'll be excited about that. But I've also been told that I'm going to be rooting today for Ecuador, who I think is playing right now. Actually, Ecuador is playing right now. And along the way, people are going to say I need to be rooting for Costa Rica and all of the different places. Uh, that there's, it's all going to come. I know I can already I can hear it. And then it gets weird because people say, "Well, Pastor, not only will you root for them, but will you pray for them that they'll win?" That's where I draw the line, okay? That's where I draw the line. So I don't usually pray for my team to win. I just figured, I just figured that uh, I'll pray about some more, more important things. But we're excited. But we say, I love the World Cup. I love my team in the World Cup. Some of you say, I love my CrossFit gym. Some of you say, I love my cats. And so we've been suggesting for the last few weeks, it's also okay to say, I love my church. All right, and I'm not just talking about the big C church. I'm talking about where you're sitting right now, Broad River Church, 163 New Canaan Avenue, 11 Day Street in South Norwalk. Church is not a place. Church is a people. And we believe that the local church is the hope of the world. The church is God's primary plan for bringing healing and hope and light into the darkness and despair of the world that we live in. That's one of the reasons, by the way, that this church grew during the pandemic. Did you know that this church grew exponentially during the pandemic? While lots of other things were closing down, God was moving people here, his people here forward. 
I was talking to somebody about this last week, about 20 and 21. Anybody remember 2020 and 2021? Y'all remember? And they said, well, why do you think that happened, Pastor? Why do you think the church grew during that time? And there's not just one answer, but one thing is for sure about how we grew during a worldwide pandemic. It's, it's around this word essential. Do you, do you remember the word essential that became popular in 2020? Right, we talked about essential services. You remember essential workers? There are a lot of people in this room here today that realize that church is essential, right? The church is not optional. It's a necessity. People need the church now more than ever. Come on, somebody. As our world gets darker, we need the light of the church more than ever to be that hope, that lighthouse in the middle of the storm-shaken world. I'm, I'm gonna get to the text. Some of you worried if I'm gonna get to, oh, I didn't even tell you. Wow, we're gonna be reading Ephesians chapter one. In fact, I don't have a page number here. If somebody grab a blue Bible and tell me what page Ephesians chapter one is on. As soon as you find, not your Bible, that doesn't help me. If you've got a blue Bible, come on somebody. Ephesians chapter one. As soon as you find it, yell out, all right? But I'll get to the text here, here in a, what page is it? Okay, we're not there yet. I'm gonna get to that text, but before that text, here's another text, Hebrews chapter 12 says this, that all things that can be shaken, watch this, will be shaken. 976, thank you, Angela. 976 in your Bible is Ephesians chapter one. Right, this is what I believe is happening right now in our world is a shaking. What, what is it? Rampant depression, loneliness of epidemic proportions, out of control anxiety, increased sickness, overwhelming loss, economic turmoil, inflation, politicians and news media, don't get me started, driving all sorts of division and encouraging us to draw lines that separate us from each other, don't fall for it. Listen, the church is more essential than it's ever been. And in the middle of all of this, I believe there is a revival that is coming to churches across America. Amen. As people begin to realize their need for help and hope and healing, people realizing that they have a need for other people. And, and we're not perfect. We've talked about this. Nobody is in this church pretends, certainly not me, or claims to be perfect. But we come here, watch this, issues and all. All of our issues, and what do we do? We surrender those issues to the God who created us. The church is essential. Come on, you can live with a bad barber. Right, your hair will grow back. You can live with a, a bad meal at a restaurant. It's okay. You can live with a bad plumber, right? You can just replace those floors that got ruined. You can even live with a bad football team. I've done it for years, right? Some of you, your team might not do good in the World Cup. There's always the next World Cup, right? But I can't live without the church. I needed a church that is alive, that will stand for truth that will draw circles, that invites people in instead of lines that cause division, a church that declares the good news of Jesus, where you experience God's presence. Next week, I, I wanna talk to you about the four things that we do here, four things that we do here. It's our vision for reaching our world. Uh, we, we don't want to just say that the church is the hope of the world. We believe that God has given us a plan to see that happen in real life. It's the nuts and the bolts. It's kind of what makes us tick. This is next week. Four things we think everyone should experience here. So be here next week as we this series wraps up. I have two more things today that I wanna share with you about why I love my church, all right? 
two more things for why I love my church. Finally, we got to page 967, I think is what I heard. 976, Ephesians chapter one. Let me read two verses from Ephesians chapter one. Here's what we read. In him, speaking of Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. Please start with me that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. God, you're my rock and my redeemer. Our hearts are open to you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that happens the more that you read the Bible, this has happened to me the more that I've read the Bible, is that you'll find out that reading God's word is not always comforting. Now, there's many parts of scripture that are so comforting. In fact, as I get older, I find myself relying more and more on God's words of comfort and hope for these days, even more than I used to. But not everything that we read in the scripture, not everything that when I get done, I'm gonna say, oh. Right? Sometimes I, I'm not gonna get done reading the scripture and say, whew. Or, or, or what else? Oh, good, right? Sometimes, last week, last, uh, last month, we dug into some verses in Ecclesiastes. Do you remember this over on the left side of your Bible? And it was really hard, to be honest. For three weeks, uh, Jewish rabbis will often say about the Torah, and that's kind of the left side of your Bible, the Torah. The Jewish rabbis will say that we, we wrestle with the Torah, and we did some wrestling in October. I, I even had to, I remember Pastor John, who was preaching one of the sermons, kind of communicated to me, man, this is hard, right? This is tough. We even had to end the series one week early than we, earlier than we planned because I didn't think you could take another week of Ecclesiastes. I didn't know if I could preach it for, for another week. Maybe you just remember some of the encouraging words I'm saying sarcastically from week number one, Ecclesiastes chapter one. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Do you remember? Just in case we didn't get the point, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? It's a rhetorical question that's supposed to be answered what? Nothing. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Does that sound comforting to you? Solomon, he's the author of this. I'm saying, my man, right? Can you lighten up a bit? This is depressing, my guy. And the reason why it hits so hard, the reason we had to dip early out of this series, one sermon early, is because it's too close to how we feel sometimes, too close to the truth of how we have often felt. All of us have felt this way before. Does anything ever change? It can feel this way in our lives. Right, I'm looking around, all of you spiritual people never felt this way. I'm just gonna tell you, I felt this way. Nothing changes no matter how much we struggle and work and wrestle with our lives, things just seem to stay the same. We saw the sameness a couple of weeks ago on election night, right? The sameness, right? Every two years, it's the same thing. Political fighting, the media is putting fuel on the fire, and when it's over, what are you left wondering? Did, did anything really even change? Just me, or did you, have you felt that? 
right? And I told you, today is about talking about two more reasons I love my church. Both of these things that I'm gonna talk to you about today are connected to two deep needs that every single one of us had. Last week, we said that the church is God's vehicle to reach the world. Anybody remember that? Amen. Does anybody remember that? Okay, if, if at least 11 people remember, I can keep preaching, all right? So I think we were past 11. That, that's a big part of what we believe is happening when we gather together. One of our goals is to help facilitate God's plan for your life and make it simple for you to step into his purpose. So I want you to write this down today if you're taking notes. And if you aren't, find a way to take notes and come prepared to church to take notes. I love my church because it is a place to find, everybody help me out with this last word. What is it? It's a place to find meaning. Everyone is searching for meaning. Go to a bookstore sometime, go to the self-help section or go to the self-help part of Amazon. You're gonna find the top two or three books are connected to how we are all on a search for meaning. We're in this identity age right now, right? Everyone trying to identify with something. They wanna identify with something they are. They wanna identify something they aren't, something that they wish they were, something they wish they weren't. It's the identity age, especially if you're around 25 years old in that neighborhood or, or younger. But listen, it's really nothing new. It's just worse now. Why is this identity age worse now than it's ever been? Because we have so much. We are, did you know that we are the most, I'm not talking about this people, I'm talking worldwide, we are the most prosperous group of humans to ever live on the planet. It's true. Do the research sometimes. Never been less people in poverty. Are there still way too many people in poverty? What's the answer? Yes, but there's never, we've never had more. We've never had more people with a greater level of comfort and the search for meaning isn't any better off than it's ever been. How could this be? This search for meaning, it's not even a new question. That's what's going on in Ecclesiastes where we read the, the writer is talking about emptiness. He said, I have everything. I had everything. I had all the money I could want. I had all the women I could want. Fill in the blank. I've done it. I've seen it. I've had it. I've tasted it. And it's meaningless. I wonder if we can all just together agree that this emptiness, this search for meaning is a deep-seated emotion that all of us deal with. This early church leader named Paul, this is what he's talking about in Ephesians chapter one. We read it a few minutes ago, and I wanna skip ahead to the, to the next version. You have one version there. I wanna go to the next version there. It's the Ephesians chapter one. This is in the Message Bible. It says this. It's in Christ, watch this, that we find out what? Who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ, long before we got our hopes up, he had his eye on us had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. Say everything and everyone. So what's up, Paul? What's he saying? He's saying, hey, you know that emptiness you've experienced, that search for meaning, trying to fill that emptiness, discover meaning, find purpose for life? You're not gonna find it, for instance, in your work. You can find some happiness at work. You can find some connection. Work is something that we're called to. Don't quit your job because I said you're not gonna be happy at work, all right? That's not what today's message is about. You won't find it no matter how much money that you make. 
You won't find it, Paul is saying, in the endless amounts of disconnected, desperate sex that you have or any amount of stuff that you can acquire. No, you're gonna only find it in a relationship with God because you were created by him and for him. Amen? Yeah. And one of the reasons I love Broad River Church is somewhere deep inside of us, we believe this truth. We're not shy about saying it any, either, and we're gonna get more bold about saying it. In fact, everything that we do here is designed to help you discover what your meaning is. We believe you have a purpose for living. We believe God wants you to know what you're living for. Now, don't misunderstand this to hear me saying that church is about you. All right, that's not what I'm saying. That's why I wanna to talk to you next week about the four things that we do. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover purpose. We want you to make a difference. Be here next week as we kind of finish this series out. This is why us believing this in a deep sense that this is a place where you can find meaning, it's why we wanna encourage you to invite people to be here on Sunday. Did you know that 95% of people who surrender their life to Jesus do it at some sort of weekend church service? Now, can somebody find Jesus at home? Yes. Can they find him when you go out to coffee with him? Yes. Should you be praying those prayers with people no matter where you are? Absolutely. But 95% of people find Jesus and make a decision for Jesus at a weekend church service. That's why Sunday isn't just about who we are here, who gathered in. It's for those who aren't here yet. Did you know that? It's why we want everybody in a group. It's why we want everyone to be connected to a dream team and serving. Let, let me be as clear as I can this morning. My hope is that you will come to believe that God has a meaning for your life, that he has a plan for you, amen? That's not a small thing. It's not a small thing to believe that. Listen, what we believe matters. Why does it matter what we believe? Because belief drives behavior. What you believe drives what you do. If you'll believe that God has a meaning for your life and embrace that plan, I will guarantee you there is a better life than the one that you are currently living. Did y'all hear the word guarantee in there? All right, I was supposed to say it really fast at the end of the car commercial, right? And the guarantee, I'm not gonna do that, so. I love my church because it's a place that I can find meaning. Here's a second thing. A second reason I love my church, it's also connected to a deep need every one of us have. So important. Write the second thing down. I love my church because we worship our God. Come on, somebody say worship. Did you know that the church exists to worship God? Just, just, just like, like when we get together here, it, it's... It's not really about you. It's not really about me. Just a minute ago, I said that the church exists for people who aren't here yet. So this already puts you in second place. It puts me in second. But now I'm gonna argue that really our place when we show up here is, is third. Why? Because everything we do here is for him first and worshiping our creator. It's about what he wants. It's about what he prefers. We all have preferences. I got married when I was 20 years old to my one and only wife, Jacinta. When I got married, I found out that she had some preferences. Takes a drink. She preferred some strange things like, when I was growing up, we we're gonna snack, we we're gonna get some chips. We snack on chips. We were a chip family, snacking on chips. We got married and Jacinta said, we, we're gonna snack on pickles now. Got pickles, these 
take them out of a jar, eat the pickles? Yeah, so she said, we're a pickle family. People clapping for that, right? Y'all clap more for that than when I said there's gonna be revival coming to America. People are like, pickles in the house. <laughs> uh, what else did I find out about her? I found out that, so when, when, when I was growing up, if we were gonna eat a sandwich, we, we used a dressing on the bread called Miracle Whip. Just sounds good, doesn't it? Are you ready for a miracle? Right? Do you believe in miracles? Miracle, but what did Jacinta say? No, 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 no. She said, not, not in this house. <laughs> she said, in our house, we use mayonnaise. <laughs> I promise. I found out she had preferences. Like, like the way that I laid in the bed and the way that I used a blanket, where I, like, I don't like to have the blanket all over me all the time, right? She, she had a blanket preference. What else did I figure out? I figured out if my marriage was going to last and be healthy and be holy, I was going to have to adapt some of my preferences. Did y'all get that? We all have preferences. Did you, did you know that God has preferences too? I want you to listen to God's preferences. Here's a preference of God's among others. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. This is his preference. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. One of his preferences is to have his name come off of your lips. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices, come on somebody say sacrifices, are pleasing to God. Here's a preference of God among others. He loves it when we worship him. Listen to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five, verse 16. In all circumstances, that's chapter six. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time, why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? Don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery. Here we go to some preferences, but be filled with the Spirit. How would we do that? Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Are you hearing his preferences? Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love my church because when we gather, everybody hear this, we're going to worship. I want you to know today that one of the main reasons that we gather is simply to worship Jesus. It may sound simple, I hope it does, because church is about him first and foremost. I can hardly wait to talk to you about 2023. I'm not gonna do a spoiler alert, we're gonna get there, but we can do this down in 22. But 2023, we are gonna be doubling down on worshiping Jesus next year like we never have before. Let's do it as much as we can this year too. We still got lots of 2022 left. This is why we spend the first part of every single service just focusing on him. And listen, the worship team is not the people that are up here on the stage. You are the worship team. Listen, if we come here and have a just a hallelujah hoedown and do everything that we can do and have so much fun and they're doing all the stuff up here and everybody is watching, guess what? We didn't worship God that day. You're the worship team. 
Come on, somebody say, I'm the worship team. Yeah. The Bible says, this is a preference here in Ephesians 5. He's pleased when we sing songs directly to him. Why do we sing songs? Because that's what pleases him. It's his preference, right? When we worship him, just like we just said, when we worship him, what are we doing? We're giving him his pickles. When we lift our hands and we sing, what are we doing? We're giving him his mayonnaise. We're giving him his blanket just like he likes. It answers the question that sometimes people ask. They'll ask me, why do you, why do you lift your hands? You're always lifting your hands when we sing and worship. Listen, y'all ready? It's deep. It's theological. It's spiritual. Y'all ready? I lift my hands because it's what he likes. It's a, it's a sacrifice to him. It pleases him. I don't really have to understand it. Some of you out here trying to understand everything about worship. I just give it to him because he likes it. I mean, come on, guys. I've been married to Jacinta 30 years. Do I understand her? Kind of not. Hear this. My wife is to be loved, not understood. Now, some of you guys just start checking out. I say, well, I don't even have to understand. No, the Bible also says that as we live with each other, that we come to understand each other. You still have, nobody got off the hook there, all right? Some of you guys trying to get off the hook. Don't, you're not off the hook. But before she is understood, she is to be loved. Married for 30 years now, Lord bless Jacinta and her compassion and her love for the weak and dim-witted, okay? I'm the weak and dim-witted, that was me. But I can't say that I really understand her all of the time. But Jacinta is to be loved, not understood. Everybody hear this. God is to be worshiped first, not understood first. I want to share two words quickly from the Hebrew Bible. And I, I can't take the time to go deep here. Just write it down and you can research it later. But in worship, God is not just looking for a hand raised or a voice lifted. He's also looking for your heart. Everybody get this. He, he wants both. Show him this next screen. I want you to see, see how kind of it plays out. He wants your hand. It's the, it's the Hebrew word yad. It means more than your hand, but your hand is an expression of your, your body. Your hand is this outward part that you can see. He wants that sacrifice. He wants your yad, but he also wants your kabod or kabod. This word is something like not just your heart, but the weighty part, the heavy part of who you are. It's a word that means glory. I'm gonna keep making this comparison because I haven't gotten into trouble yet, so let me keep trying. But if Jacinta is telling me a story, Jacinta will tell me stories, and she likes to often pick a time to tell me a story like right before I fall asleep. And she'll decide to tell me a very involved, detail-oriented story. All these details. Y'all notice this. Jacinta knows if I'm just there in my body, that's the yod. She, she also wants me there, what? In my spirit, my heart, my heavier thing. Y'all hear the difference? God wants both. He knows when we're here, but we're not really here. So when I'm here, I want to be here. That's one of the main reasons we're spending four weeks talking about I love my church. We need to lean in. We need to get in. We need to say our, our hearts here. Man, I want to think about what I'm saying when I say things to God. I want to think about what I'm singing when I sing things to God. 
Why am I singing? Why am I raising my hands? Pastor Jacinta read this verse a couple weeks back during a time of ministry. I love it. It's been just sticking with me. What did it say? James chapter four, draw close to God. Draw near to God. And what happens? He'll draw near to you. Yeah, when you give God your heart, I mean, go all in, the full weight of your worship, then his glory. Then his glory, his weight, his cabal shows up. Something I learned when I was young, I was, I was raised in a worshiping house. In fact, every Sunday morning, my dad sends me a text message. It's usually connected to his sermon in some way. And, and every single time when he sends it, about 90% of the time, it's about worship. My dad's a worshiper. I was raised in a worshiping house, raised in a worship church. Here's something I learned very young. You don't have to have learned it when you're young. I can teach it to you right now. It's very, very easy. Here's how it starts. God is omnipresent. Everybody knows this, right? God's presence is everywhere, but his glory, the scripture makes it clear, is not. The full weight of who he is, the Bible says over and over again when we read the scripture, there are these moments, these seasons where it says, and his glory appeared, and his glory was made manifest. What does that mean? Is that at some point before, it was not apparent, it was not manifest, but what happened is that people came in and worshiped him. That's why he shows up in worship in a different way than we experience anywhere else. When I give Jacinta what she wants, she returns favor to me. When I lift my hands, I'm giving God what he wants. It's his preference. The Bible says that God loves people who give cheerfully. What's a cheerful giver? Someone whose heart is all about it. Their kabod, my kabod, my kabod draws God's kabod. That's where I want us to end today. Where do you need to go all in? It's a message for everybody here today. Where do you need to go all in with your heart, with your worship? Maybe it's with your giving. When you give with all your heart, you can expect God's response. It's the same way when we're serving. It's the same way when we're worshiping. Man, I want you to get this. Do you need to go in all in today with all your hearts? Come on, close your eyes all over this room. Lord, I'm so thankful for those that you've gathered in. It's so amazing to me, Lord, that you have a way of calling all of us, no matter what direction we came from, no matter what the disposition of our heart was when we walked in the door, that in this moment, God, you have not separated anyone, but instead you've called us inside of this circle, Lord, where all of us are in the same place, all standing at the foot of your cross on level ground called all of us to be worshipers. I'm praying this morning, God, for some people who have been around the church for a long time, have have heard sermons similar to this, and there's a tendency for us to start just kind of clicking out and say, I've heard that before, and I just want to, Lord, to just ask God that you would do something new in us, that this moment is for you right now, that this moment's is for those of you that are wondering, is, am I being called to a, a next place? Am I being called to another level of worship? Am I being called to a, a new sacrifice? And the answer is yes, he's calling all of us to that. Thank you for how you're doing that, Lord. Thank you for those that are just coming to know what your presence is in the very sweet way that you have drawn people even today, that they've experienced something, they felt something they've never felt before. 
That's the weight of your glory, Jesus. Thank you for your glory that you've shared with us today. Continuing praying, I wanna pray for a couple of people today in this room, maybe even more than that, that as I was praying or speaking, or maybe even earlier as we were worshiping together, maybe as, as early as when you came in this room, there's just been this sense that you need to take a, a next step with Jesus and follow him. Maybe you've never made the decision to make Jesus the ruler of your life, or maybe it's been a long time, but I want you to know this moment, God has created this moment for you. November 20th, 2022, that day that you decided, that's the day that I decided to follow Jesus. So if that's you today, I wanna to say a prayer here. I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me. And I want you to know that, that there's no, salvation doesn't happen because you prayed a prayer. Salvation happens because you make a decision to place your faith in Jesus Christ. This prayer is just a, a symbol. It's, a, it's, it's an opportunity to make it clear what your intention is. So if that's you today and you'd like to mark this day out, you would just let me know who I'm praying with. Nobody's looking around not like right now. All the heads are bowed. All the eyes are closed. I'd love to know who I'm leading in prayer this morning. If you just lift your hand where you are, just put your hand in the air. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for these hands all over this room. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you for this holy moment, Jesus. Amen. We're going to pray this prayer. Just repeat these words after me. Broad River Church, I want you to say these words after me with these that have lifted their hands. Nobody prays alone. Repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you. Now I turn myself back to you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me new. I want to follow you all of my life. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you connected with this sermon, share it with a friend. You can find us on all social media platforms and YouTube, or visit us on Sunday in person at two locations in Norwalk and three service times. Have a great week.